is Worst Town in America, a podcast about music and more in the Quad Cities. I'm Amanda Hancock, a reporter with the Quad City Times. If you've been to a show at Codfish Hollow, the Raccoon Motel, an area music festival, or logged on to daytrotter.com, then you've seen the work of Sean Moeller, who is my guest on today's episode. Sean and I got together to talk about growing up in the Quad Cities, what he's up to now, and the local music scene. We also talked about Sean's next big thing, Gas Feed and Seed Festival, which is coming up next month. You'll hear a sample of the lineup throughout this episode. Sean co-owns a Triple Crown Whiskey Bar and Raccoon Motel, the music venue in downtown Davenport that opened in March and hosts about five shows a week. That's where our conversation starts. You know, the concept behind it is, is you know, going to Austin, going to Nashville, going to, to places um, that I get to frequently is, is to kind of, it was to create a place that felt really cozy, felt really like um, comfortable, you know, that both people coming to see a show would love and, and also people who just want to um, hang out in a cozy place would like to, to be at. And so, you know, we kind of thought marrying those two would be, would be advantageous and, um, we wanted to create something that feels, that felt lived in, that, that felt like it had been here forever, but it hadn't been. So, um, I don't know, it, it, it provides an outlet for, for, yeah, I mean, it was just the idea of, like, creating almost like a honky-tonk vibe, but without it having to be a, a honky-tonk. Um, you know, we can have any kind of music in here. And I just wanted a place that felt special. I mean, um, a place that, that musicians would feel comfortable in and that they would want to come back to you um i think it's a place that's kind of a, the perfect size you know it's it's small enough and it's big enough um and i think it really allows for um you know artists that have gotten to a certain stature or or size um i think if it gets in their skin a little bit in their blood they they're going to want to come back here no matter how big they get you know that's sort of the nature of how i try to build relationships is um meet people give them chances and, and support them you know when they're young and nobody really cares who they are you know they, they aren't willing to give them the time of day and um you know if you treat them well they'll they'll want to keep kind of supporting you um and so i think that's i mean we get a lot of artists now coming in for the first time and saying like i couldn't wait to play here you yeah. know like uh, like whitney rose the other night i mean she she's been watching seeing pictures on instagram mm-hmm. and and um, a lot of people are doing that where, like, from afar, they're kind of salivating a little bit, which is great. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know this place and, and, and Codfish Hollow are very similar that way. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I tell everybody I want to make this sort of my urban Codfish Hollow, yeah. you know, where no matter who plays, you know it's great. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll get to the point, you know, hopefully fairly soon where it, it'll be really hard for you to get into this place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the idea. You know, same thing as Codfish Shallow, just like make it experience. Because I think anybody that comes to a show here, while they happen more frequently than Codfish Hollow and mm-hmm. it's not surrounded by a pasture and cows and out in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, I think there's a very similar aesthetic to it or, or feeling that you get when you see a show here. It's not just like any other show. It's very intimate, and it's and it's it's got a certain charm. That's kind of exactly what I try to construct with with these shows. Um, you know, we keep the quality of, of artists super high. I mean, if mm-hmm. if I don't have anybody good to put in here on a night, I just don't do a show. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to cram things in. I think that that's sort of the thing that's that still is 
a conditioning process for this this community is is having you know having a joint of this size that that you know really is trying to be a national club you know where on a nightly basis some of the best bands in the world are playing here you heard Sean mention Codfish Hollow. It's this barn-turned-music venue in Maquoketa, Iowa that has gained a huge following. It fits about 600 people, and nearly every show this season was sold out. Photos are beautiful of it, and yet I still don't think you can understand how absolutely perfectly beautiful it is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that think it's... Um, like, it has a reputation now, and everybody knows about it, but people think it's maybe fancier than it is. I mean, it's... It carries such an aura about it now that I think um, I think maybe people still can be taken aback at how how great it actually is. I mean, I think it's that's not sort of overstating it. I think any first time person that goes out there is kind of blown away, and um, there's no way to really prepare anyone for that. Sean said Kavish Hollow started kind of spontaneously. Back in 2011, he asked the barn's owners, Tiffany and Sean Beal, if they'd host a show. Since then, the barn has hosted bands and artists such as The Counting Crows, Nora Jones, and Nathaniel Rateliff. It's one of my favorite places and um, kind of the thing I'm most proud of, like, having started slash discovered. I mean, had I not sort of driven out there that one day, like, there would not be shows there. It's not like they were thinking about doing this, and uh, I was the one that finally convinced them. They... uh, that was just going to be filled with hay forever. Um, I mean, really, it's just an escape. I think a lot of people, when they get out there, they, they go down that hill, and you know, you're able to leave a lot of things behind and have, a, you know, it's like a guaranteed good night. It's a guaranteed refresher, rejuvenation. Man, I think everybody needs that in their life, so um, that contribution is is not lost on me. Like, I'm that's that's something that I'm really thankful for that you know like I found those people and um, that we're able to do this together in my guiding star but we'll never be more than the people we are and I don't know why and I don't know how yeah I never meant to love you but it's too late now Before Sean started these venues, when he was growing up in the Quad Cities, music wasn't a huge deal for him. It started clicking when he went to University of Iowa and stumbled upon a record store. You know, honestly, like when I was younger, the Quad Cities didn't really provide any sort of music for me. I mean, uh, it was pretty rare. I mean, I I guess we went out to, you know, in high school, we'd go out and see concerts pretty infrequently. I shouldn't say that. I mean, I wouldn't knock it too too much. I mean, there were, there were shows happening, but they were just happening in a much different way. Um, there were a couple, you know, there were some DIY spots, you know, coffee houses and things like that that were, you know, doing kind of indie rock and, and kind of local stuff. My first concert was Primus and the Meat Puppets at Palmer. Oh. Um, you know, other than that, it was like kind of, it was the Mississippi Valley Fair and just not much. And so, I mean, really from, from music, I mean, music started kicking in a little bit in high school. I mean, I was, I was starting to like, you know, buy CDs and things like that. Um, but it was really going to the University of Iowa when I got to Iowa City, when everything started like really becoming, when I got infatuated, really. Um, I was going to the record store every day. You know, the guy that ran the record collector in Iowa City, 
he just passed away recently, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was really kind of the the reason. You know, I started knowing about certain bands and, and getting into like stuff that was, you know, you had to buy CDs. You, I mean, everybody else sound, sound like an old guy, but I mean, you didn't have Spotify. We didn't have any of that, so um, you had to buy records and you had to go to shows to actually get records, and you had to you know go to stores to buy records. And so, I mean, he was he was a pretty important. Um, you know, monumental guy and, and kind of at least pointing me in the right direction and then letting me kind of wander. And then once I did that, I mean, um, you know, started going to tons of shows and, and things like that. So that was, that was kind of the jumping off point, I guess. At first, Sean wasn't hooked by the experience of going to shows, but more so the writing of the songs he was listening to. Well, I think it was just the writing. I, th- I think it was just words. I mean, I've just kind of, I've always been just mesmerized by words, you know, newspapers, books, just words. And I mean, you know, with music, I remember very vividly coming home from that Primus concert, though, and telling my mom that I'm going to be going to a lot more of those. Like, that was like, quote, unquote. And I don't know what it was. I, I really don't know why I liked it so much, but I liked it so much, you know. And, uh, you know, I think at that point, I mean, when you, you know, for whatever reason, identify or, or are attracted to, to something like that, I mean, you, you kind of, you can't get away from it, really. You know, it's probably a similar thing while you're a writer. I mean, there's just something about the way songs were created or the way the way they were presented on a stage like that, you know, when, when you're in a room and other, and everyone else is, you know, knows the words and is singing back to to the people on stage and the energy in those rooms I mean I think it's it's the reason that you know kind of my lifelong career or whatever you want to call this thing I do is is creating nights like this like you know curating shows and and um, presenting those to people and 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 it really is to to get people uh, feeling something you know it's it's not about Obviously, we have to sell beers and, and sell tickets to to keep doing that. You know, there is there is a, a monetary component to it. That, you know, the bands have to eat and we have to eat. Um, but it's really never been about that. It's it's that's sort of you know what I try to do with with everything that I do and, and create and build with with music. You know, both you know here and 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 with you know my past stuff is is to really make it so you're kind of left with, with a lasting something. Something you can take away. It's not just, oh, I went to see a show. Mm-hmm. Like, I like thinking that if you come to one of my shows, you're going to get up and be better at your job tomorrow. You're going to be happier. You're gonna, you're, you will have been able to shed some sort of sadness or some sort of sorrow, something that just annoyed you or irked you. Um, during the day, and you're going to be able to kind of like let something go mm-hmm. by bringing something else in. I, I think it's a valuable thing. I, th- I look at music as self-medication, really. I, th- I think it's you know music, books, art, you know, just anything that isn't you constantly thinking about your job or work. I think it. I, I think that's what just crushes people, and I think it makes. I think it creates just horrible depression. It's worth it to to go and spend twenty bucks to see some inspiring people kind of bear themselves a little bit and have a few beers and be around, you know, 
people, to be around people, you know, instead of just staying in and watching TV. And, and I, I guess I just don't think sitting at home and watching TV is like, I don't get much out of it. Like, even if, you know, that TV show is brilliant or that movie's brilliant, you know, like, I get some things out of that, but not as much as I get actually being around people and kind of that live energy of like, we're all people in a room and we can talk to each other and we can hear someone sing at us and um, there's just something that will never replace that in in my life at least and and I like thinking that there's a lot of people just everywhere who who maybe haven't experienced it properly or or don't know what they're missing and and I think that's sort of I think that's always been my mission and, and will continue to be sort of like the the driving force behind anything that I sort of build. After graduating from Iowa, Sean moved back to the Quad Cities and continued working at the Quad City Times, which is, by the way, where I work. Well, I mean, I came back here. I didn't really, I didn't apply for any job. I didn't, I've never had a resume. Uh, what? Yeah. You've just never created a resume? I've never created a resume. Wouldn't know how to start. That's a pretty I can just fun look fact. it up on the internet, I suppose. That's true. Um, <laughs> fill in the blanks. Yeah. Uh, no, I never did. I'd never really looked for a job. I was already working for the Quad City Times um, when I was in school. So I just came back here and just worked for the paper and just wrote for the paper. And that was it. I mean, that just led to, you know, writing about music and, you know, continuing to kind of just write. I was just a writer. like a winner, but the bread in your cover barely feeds your hunger. Spending all your money trying to be fancy. Say no one can touch you now. In 2006, while Sean was working at the paper, he started this website called Day Charter. The idea was to record sessions with mostly indie rock bands who were coming through the Quad Cities on their way to Chicago or another city. They did most of the recordings above Huckleberry's Pizza and Rock Island. To go along with the sessions, Sean would write descriptions of the band, their songs, and personalities. That was essentially just another outlet for writing. And, um, you know, we created it to to be something different and and it was uh it was a it was a it was a pretty little thing for a long time and uh you know it, it ran its course for me and uh it was great while it lasted and uh I'm proud of a lot of the things that we did with it yeah, I met a lot of people that became friends because of it I I got to do a lot of things you know I created a world that allowed for access um, to to certain things and, and it became it became a big deal and, and um, I think we put a lot of really great music out into the world that wouldn't have existed you know everything that I'm, I'm moving on to do is, is just kind of an extension of you know hopefully what what I, I set out to do with that thing Sean stepped away from Day Trotter in August of 2016 just a few months after the company moved its operations to downtown Davenport and opened a music venue there during Sean's 10 years with Day Trotter, he and his team hosted 6,000 sessions with bands like The Mumford & Sons, Bonnie Vare, Alabama Shakes, Glenn Campbell, and Ed Sheeran. It turned into this rite of passage for touring musicians of all kinds. And Sean says Day Trotter worked so well because it was in the Quad Cities. Whether people want to like believe it or not, it's a pretty special place. I mean, 
it's becoming different too you know like uh, we're obviously putting in the effort to make it different you know with some of these things we're creating um but uh, you do take for granted like kind of what what this place is you you take for granted i mean the reason the day trotter was successful was because we're right in the middle of the country where we were we were literally three hours three to four hours from I don't know eight to nine significant big cities that that these bands were traveling to and that's how we were able to make it what it was it it had everything to do with our location um I just don't I don't think it would have worked anywhere else I mean we could have put it in LA or New York or something like that and I just don't think it would have worked as well because it would have been way too costly and there's a million other things for these artists to do when they go to New York or LA I mean even Chicago I think it would have been a total pain in the butt and I don't think it would have worked just getting around is hard you know and so to have it be here where it was very easy and you could just tell somebody hey you can just park out front like on the street there will be spots you know like that's what I can do with this place you know what are parking instructions you know and it's like literally just right in front like you can just park right in front it's easy and um they're not used to that people aren't used to that they aren't used to things being easy and and I think we take for granted how how comfortable the living is here how how easy it is and how how nice it is I mean you 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 don't you know, I, I live a block away from the Mississippi River, and I can just, if I, if I crane my neck enough around, you know, my front driveway, I can see this beautiful river. I mean, when you go running along that river, I think, you know, I, I ran along the river for the first time in a while. I don't know why I don't run along the river often, but I don't. But it's like you do, and you, you realize how really gorgeous it is. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a lot of, you know both as an infrastructure, as, as just kind of a community infrastructure and, um, you know, natural, you know, landscape, it's, it's a really great place. I mean, there's a lot of people that live here, and I think this place is just waiting to explode. I think it's, there's so much opportunity, and I think there's so many people that have bad-mouthed or bashed this, this place for so long that are just morons, and they don't know what they're talking about. They don't, they don't know what's here, and, you know, soon enough they'll wake up. I mean, soon enough there's going to be, I mean, it's sort of what, what happened with day traders. Like, all of a sudden people knew where Rock Island, Illinois was, and, you know, and then people knew where, where Davenport was, but you're, you're going to start having, I mean, we're having it happen with the Raccoon Hotel and Codfish Hollow. Like, people from everywhere know about these spots, and if you're not taking advantage of them, when you live five minutes from them, um, you're doing yourself a disservice because there are people all over the country that would love to come see a show at the Raccoon Hotel tonight. I mean, I can post about a show on Instagram or Facebook and I get tons of people saying, wish I could be there. And they're from all over the place. You know, like I hear it from all kinds of musicians, you know, it's like, you are killing, you know, your booking, you know, at this place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be really great if, you know, and I don't mean this to sound sour, but it would be great if everybody here understood that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a learning curve. Um, but this place is really great. And, and if, if people sleep on it too long, 
you're just going to be on the outside looking in. And I mean, the reason I haven't gone anywhere else is because I don't think any place is better than this. I really don't. You can go to all those other cities, but everything's harder. They're great to visit. You know, Charleston, South Carolina, great town. I could never live there. My family is not there. I don't, you know, it's not that it's not, but it's like, it's great to go to for two or three days. I like living here mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, it's just in my bones, mm-hmm. you know, like I love it here. There's just so much greatness in this place. And if people really kind of wake up to it, they'll understand it. Sean has been involved in the local music scene here for a long time. So I asked him about where he sees the scene now and what can be done to make it bigger. I think the scene's very fractured right now. I mean, there's, um, but it's kind of always been that way. And I think it always will be. I think, I think the fractures are, are just a little bit too pronounced still. I, I, I don't, I think there's a lot of people individually or, or kind of in little pockets doing great things and um, maybe there's not enough, not, it's not even collaboration. I think, uh, you know, everybody's a, a guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I mean, I get wrapped up in my own stuff, but I think there's there's not enough sort of blending or blurring of like, this is this is a scene just yet. You know, I, I, don't, um, I don't think a lot of the people... Um, just kind of the general populace is paying enough attention. I, I think, um, you know, I think there's um, just large groups of people that have no idea anything's happening. They have no idea that this place exists or that shows are happening here or at Ross Talks or they had no idea Ben Folds played at the Adler Theater. I mean, I heard from handfuls of people, it was like, Ben Folds was here last week. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I guess that's just not fine. Right? Like, I don't know. I think that's... I just don't think you're healthy if you do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to know what's going on. And, and I think in, in places like Nashville and places like Austin and, and bigger cities, like, people are tuned into there is music here, and I'm going to see if there are good shows happening because I want that in my life. So I think there's... I mean, we have a long way to go that way, but, um, you know, you see it, you see it chipping away. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've certainly seen it chipping away and we're getting more of a, you know, there's, there's a lot of people doing great things here in town. I mean, you know, you know, I think, I think the breweries, I think all the food trucks, I I think, you know, like it's all part of this, this thing. It's all part of this kind of swirling, like build up of a storm that's it, it gets more interesting every day putting on the Gas, Feed, and Seed Festival on November 9th through 11th in the village of East Davenport. It's the second installment of a fest he started in February, and it features three days of music from 35 acts, including some VIP shows at the Raccoon Motel. You know, the one in February was just great. I mean, we lucked out with, like, just amazing weather, and it was beautiful, and, you know, I think people could, you know, get out of their houses and, like, wear t-shirts, and that was weird and great, and, uh, um... You know, the idea was just to, like, make this really fun, walkable, like, two venues, you know, 50 feet away from each other. And 
stagger the, the, the music and have people there for multiple days and have this big feast together with the artists and, and the audience, you know, interacting together. And, you know, I mean, for, for being a first-time thing in, in this you know, in the winter last year, it went so well, and it was so fun, and, you know, I guess I selfishly just wanted to do another, you know, I want to just do it twice a year, just because why not, I mean, they're, they're basically my little South by Southwest, where I just invite a bunch of really great bands, you know, that maybe you've not heard of, but if you don't listen to them, you're crazy, you know, I mean, I don't try and get a bunch of headliners, I just, I literally just try to, like, populate the thing with just solid amazing you know fun inspiring like bands and, and um yeah you know the idea behind all of them is i think these bands are going to be huge someday yeah. and um i think if you look at who played in february mm -hmm. i mean i wasn't they might not be huge yet obviously because it was just february but there were some pretty great performances on so mm -hmm. um i think everybody that came out had a great time and i just wanted to do it again so i'm I'm going to do it again, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, Corey Chisel, who's Chisel here. for Alternating Currents. Yeah, he's coming he's back. He's coming back, yep. So he'll play one of the sets over in the village, and then he'll play uh, Raccoon Motel uh, later that night as well. Mm -hmm. Lolo's back. Um, she'll do a similar thing. Um, I've got, like, this really great hip-hop dude that I just booked yesterday. Um, his name's Carty Banks, and I think he's going to be a superstar. So he's doing a similar thing where he's playing the fest and then um, also playing the Raccoon Motel. And uh, it's a band called Okie Dokie and Madison Ward and the Mama Bear, who have sold out Codfish Hollow before. Um, Sarah Jaffe, she's flying in from Texas. She's just incredible. I'm really proud of the lineup. There's a lot of really fun stuff, and there's something for kind of everybody. I come to a show of yours you are here and you know you have a lot of shows every week yeah um why what are wh you getting at <laughs> <laughs> why do you um why do you make an effort to you know be at these shows and other shows what? so often well, I feel like I have to I mean again I mean it's like what we talked about before like mm -hmm. I don't book anything here that I don't want to see yeah I mean uh, I just, I do it to myself, you know, like, it's, I'm a glutton for, like, just great music, and uh, I just don't book dud shows, I don't book a show just to book a show, so if if I was at home just reading a book, which I'd love to do, hanging out with my wife and kids, which I love to do, I, I think I would be, I would feel so strange, and I would uh, be like, I... I have to go, I have to be down there, I, you know, like, I mean, honestly, it's what I want other people to feel, like, I, I want people to feel, like, regret if they aren't here, like, I, I want them to feel like I know I'm missing something great, I'm, you know, and, like, that doesn't mean you have to come all the time, it's like, if you just came once a month to one show, uh, you're still gonna miss tons of great shows, I feel so anxious inside if I'm not at a show that I'm putting on because I have a relationship with those people 
I'm booking them for a reason, mm-hmm. and I feel like I have to be there. Not only have to, but want to. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I, it, it would eat me up if I was just sitting at home a mile away and I wasn't seeing the performance that I know is happening right mm-hmm. here. Like I know, I know that they're killing it, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And why am I not there? Like, mm-hmm. why am I just watching TV? Right. There's no other place I'd rather be. It's like mm-hmm. I want to be here and I want to be there and that's just that's just my life I don't know I I really wouldn't rather be doing anything else you know like I find I find the time to make it all work and uh you know having four kids and and a wife and you know other life things I mean if if I can kind of make it happen you know I I don't want to hear excuses so that's why (laughs) cool well, thanks for being on my podcast. Uh, it's the only podcast I listen to, so. That is a great compliment, yeah. so. You can use that as a pull quote if you want. I will. I plan on that. <laughs> Big font. <laughs>So that wraps up this episode of Worst Town in America. If you haven't, follow and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, and be sure to look out for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Ooh.